Welcome to Human Factors Cast, your weekly podcast for all things human factors, psychology, and design. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Human Factors Cast. I'm your host, Nick Rome, joined by the magic of the internet by Mr. Billy Hall. Hey, everybody. How's it going? And in studio, we got Blake Arnsdorf. What up, everybody? How is it? It's good, man. This is our first time back since the holidays. I know we missed a week, and a lot of our listeners were a little upset with us. And I mean, you guys got to understand. I know we're in trouble, uh, but you guys got to understand, you know, sometimes scheduling conflicts happen. And we are back, though. And it's a new year. Uh, which means the holidays just ended, which means we got a bunch of tech goodies we're going to be talking about today. This is episode 24. Um, Going forward, we're going to change up the format a little bit. Starting next week, we're actually going to be covering everything in the news of human factors. Uh, And then we're going to kind of comment on it and provide our input, and you guys can agree or disagree with it. Uh, But let us know what you think about the format change when it happens. Obviously, we want to, this show is for you guys, and we want to get your feedback. But, uh, you know, when we were thinking about this, we really want to put together a show that we would want to hear ourselves. So the news is a big part of that. We'll still continue to cover concepts Mm -hmm. and topics, but we will also, in addition, be covering the news. What do you guys think? Start in 2017, I, fresh and clean, man. Yep. I really dig it. I, I, I think from the get-go, we really wanted to foster conversation. And I think talking about these relevant articles is something that people can jump in on and, you know, be part of the conversation. We really wanted to foster the idea of community and understanding about psychology and design and how it affects this world. Right, yeah. I, and I, I think there's no better way than discussing what's going on in today's current news circuit uh as long as it pertains to human factors psychology and design it's fair game uh we're going to be culling the information from a ton of different sources so uh stay tuned and we we would love to hear from you guys if you have any tips on things that you might think are good for the show with that said this episode is all about our tech goodies that we received over or oh, gave yeah. or gave over the course of the holiday break uh, we had a great episode before we left with Dr. Comstar Killjoy. Um, I, <laughs> Probably one of the best episodes ever. I think or so. That was so much fun to record. I, I, uh, I hope he doesn't join us today, but uh, uh, we got a lot of positive feedback about Dr. Comstar Killjoy. So um, anyway, uh, so anyway, let's just jump right into it. So I'm going to ask you guys, what did you guys, Blake, I'm going to start with you. Oh, here we what, go. Here, okay. So. I'm going to ask you everything you got or gave or whatever we're talking about today. And then we're going to switch to Billy and he's going to talk about everything he got or gave. And then we'll switch to me. I'll Mm -hmm. talk about everything I got or gave. And then we'll go through one by one and one at a time. We'll kind of give a review and we'll just kind of alternate. Oh, I see what you're doing here. Okay. So, okay. So Blake, what did you either get or give uh, this holiday season? Okay. So holiday season wise, I actually had saved some cash and bought myself a PS4. Ooh. Oh, happy holidays to you for sure. Okay. So the way, uh, so you got a PS4. Yep. What else did you get? Uh, I also bought an iPhone and man, did nobody get you anything? You bought all these for yourself? Yeah. It's just stuff that (laughs) like I had saved up money for a while. Okay. So iPhone, iPhone. The last thing I got was I had bought myself a camera, just a Canon rebel. Okay, cool. And then Billy. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Billy, what did you give or get? For the holiday season. Well, that's the problem. See, I didn't get any tech either. But, uh, and most of the time, most people get me things like books and games. And everybody knows how much I love role-playing games. So I got a couple of great little role-playing games that I kind of wanted to talk about and get your guys' psychological opinion on. That's that's completely fair game. Uh, let me ask you, though. Are there any board games in which it is okay for the bard to seduce the paladin? <laughs> <laughs> Every good game okay. can do that. Good. Every good game. That's an old story that we need to tell on the show sometime. Uh, <laughs> as for me, um, I gave my parents a uh, a setup, which I'm going to consider as one uh, for the review, at least. I gave them an Echo Dot, which is kind of like the miniature version of Amazon's Echo. 
Uh, just doesn't have one mm-hmm. of those built-in fancy schmancy speakers. I also gave them a Wemo switch, which is a Wi-Fi switch that you plug into the wall uh, that you can turn on and off from anywhere as long as you have the app. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about it later. I also got a Comstar, or not Comstar, you got me Comstar killed yeah. No. Got me saying it now. No, I got a Comlink communicator uh, from Star Wars Episode Four. It's the you know, uh, yep. yeah. Say what you want. <laughs> I'm very happy with it. Um, and if you are a fan of Star Wars, go check out our uh, Human Cyborg Relations podcast. It's where we break down the world of Star Wars and how human factors, psychology, and design kind of plays a role in these interfaces that you see over there. We're actually. Uh, in the process of recording our second episode, and that should drop sometime in the middle of this month. So you got that to look forward to. And it is not going to be in place of one of our normal Human Factors cast episodes. It will be in addition to your weekly episode. Stepping up the content game is that this considered month. A, uh, is that considered a sister podcast or an offshoot podcast or a different podcast altogether? It's in the human family of podcasts. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Well, human cyborg relations, human factors. There's a reason we named it what we I did. I get it. All right. <laughs> and then lastly, Genius. lastly, I guess I, I cheaped out on this one. Too. I didn't cheap out on this one, but I, I, uh, I what's the what's the word I'm looking for? I, I don't know because you definitely didn't cheap out. This no, one. <laughs> this one's a cool one. I, uh, I bought myself some Bowflex dumbbells that are adjustable. Um, you know, New Year, New Year's oh, resolution. Oh, he's going to get bombed. Oh, yeah. No, so, uh, yeah, we'll talk about those in a sec. Okay, so, Blake, I'm going to come back to you. We're going to talk about the PS4. Okay. Okay, so what is it? Okay. It's a, it's a PlayStation 4. It is a PlayStation 4. So what does it do? But what it is the yes. PlayStation 4? <laughs> what is Let's philosophically tackle this. No. Let's break this down. <laughs> let's... Yeah. So Billy and I know, and probably a lot of our listeners know, but just in case they're unfamiliar with PlayStation 4. Oh, 100%, yeah. What does it do? So then, actually, I was thinking about this when I was typing this out earlier. It's uh, So it's primarily for me a gaming console, but I had realized that a lot of it is it's just a giant multimedia platform, too, because like now you have browsers for the internet, and you're, I don't know, all my Netflix mm-hmm. stuff is hyped in there, so it's just right. a multifunctional platform. But for me, it was all about gaming actually getting get being able to like play games with nick and billy eventually when i get off my xbox we gotta we gotta we gotta get you converted over yeah Um, i've pretty much just made my mind i'm just gonna have to buy call of duty for playstation and that'll do it (laughs) no you are absolutely right though because i mean there are two people uh in this house and uh one of them uses it for games predominantly and the other uses it for netflix and hulu and amazon video and it's yeah, it's a completely different thing for different users. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, so let me ask you, Blake. Uh, as a lifetime Xboxer, how is the transition? We talked a little bit that it's not quite there yet. You're not quite fully over. Yeah, so I think the only hesitation now, or the biggest hesitation I had, was the difference in the controller. Because I remember playing, and this is like PS3 would be the last time I had a PlayStation controller in my hands. So the and, DualShock 3 controller. Yeah, and it was it was fine, but I lo- I grew up liking the offset nature of the Xbox controller. Me too. And but with like the PS4 controller when I pulled it out of the box cuz most of what I play is first person shooters, the difference in the triggers really drew me to the controller even though I'm losing that offset and like feeling from the Xbox, it's so comfortable to me. Right. That like those triggers mm-hmm. just really feel awesome see so for me i i did the xbox 360 last generation yeah and because i have so many friends on the playstation network i transitioned over um Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so every time i sit there with this controller i'm like it's not borderline rage it's i'm just uncomfortable it's not as comfortable to me as the xbox controller is and Thankfully enough, they are coming out with pro controllers that do have the legacy, or not the like. It's not legacy. It's it's the Xbox configuration with the offset. Oh, uh, for real? They do. Oh, that's It's awesome. coming out soon. Yeah. Thank goodness. So you know, that's one of the things I really thought about. I'm surprised none of these third party controller manufacturers like Mad Cats, Pelican, things like that. I'm surprised they never made a controller that was uh, similar in design, but not exactly in the same design as as the rival controllers for the other system. You don't know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
that I think that's the biggest hurdle for people to get over for switching from one system to another. Maybe maybe the I fact, agree. Maybe the fact that your achievements don't transfer over that was a sting, but yeah, that kind of is a bummer too. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, it would be cool if they had like an achievement transfer program where like you, uh, you know, like hey, Just cross platform. <laughs> You know, uh, you know where some companies will offer you to pay off all your debt or whatever, and come use our credit card. Yeah. Um, what if they had something like that, where like, hey, stop using Xbox and come over to PlayStation, and we'll give you all your trophies that were the equivalent. Uh, anyway, so okay, so we talked about what it does. We talked a little bit about the mm-hmm. transition. How was the setup? The setup was really easy. Oh, can I mention something about the transition that just occurred to me, real quick, though, guys? Yeah. You know, one of the things about it is, as and you said it right there, and, and Blake touched on it. See, <clears throat> a lot of people with this whole PC war versus console and what console's better and all that sort of jazz. You know, I, I've noticed that's the thing. It, it gets down to what are my friends playing? You know, what is my what is the community I'm a part of very frequent in it? You know what I mean? Like, I... I don't have like a gaming PC because of the fact I don't have a lot of friends who are gaming PC people. It's not one or the other is better. It's more so who can I be part of a community with? And I think the person who's going to win that console war really is the person who perfects the idea of the community, which I think is a really hard concept to do, you know? See, that's really interesting because every time I play games on PC, it's a very lonely experience for me because, like you said, I uh, I don't have friends on PC, or if I do, they are far above my skill level, and it's just not fun to play with them because I drag them down to another level. Oh, dude, I, mm-hmm, I think the only mm-hmm, time I mm-hmm. ever played any PC games was because my best friend from high school was such a World of Warcraft head. And he like got me into playing, and I was horrible at it. But like you were saying, Billy, that was the only reason you would catch me in any of those games. <laughs> right. All right. So let's let's talk about yeah, setup see, now. I agree. I agree. Let's let's switch gears. Okay. Talk about setup. So setup was really easy. I mean, because I've done this a thousand times. I feel like with just setting up the Xbox, so it's very simple. But I did notice with the. Uh, playstation i got a lot of extra cables that i didn't even know what to do with i had like a it's looked like i had some audio splitting cables just things that if i really wanted to figure out i'd have to crack open the little quick start guide they give you huh that's that's interesting um so how would you say it compared to your other consoles in terms of setup or in terms of setup yeah in general that just in general, and I was setup, a, really at both at <laughs> all the things. Yeah, all no, of the things. No, it was it was simple, same old thing. The one thing that I wasn't too stoked on, and it could just be me being a nut, but I didn't really like having to have my controller plugged in all the time for Xbox. Or no, for PlayStation. For my PlayStation. You don't have to. It's wireless. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like I could, either it's either it's defective. It doesn't charge, or something's up. Because hmm. like mine, I always have to have it plugged in, huh. and that drives me insane. That's weird. Maybe you should get that checked out. Uh, maybe go to the doctor. So let's let's uh, ask this last question here. Uh, how easy or difficult was it to use this product? This product? Yeah, this no, it product. was. So one thing I've had a lot of trouble with, and don't get me wrong, I love Xbox. It's probably one of my favorite consoles out there, but. The dashboard system for like navigating around through the different menus is not so great. But with the PS4, like getting set up and making an account and getting all of like my passwords into Netflix and downloading apps was really simple. Now, let me ask you: does the uh, does the Xbox have any sort of folder functionality? Like, can you can you lump games together? Can you? Because you can do that in PlayStation, and I'm just I, I I haven't used the Xbox One yet. Oh, that's a good question. I don't think you can do it. Not like what you're talking about. I mean, it does segregate a lot of that stuff across your hard drive, like from apps and games, right? Um, and you can manage it really well through Xbox. But I don't I don't know anything about the folder system that you're describing. All right, uh, let's see here. Now let's let's kind of end this review. These these are very short reviews. This is surface level. Mm-hmm. This is just kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's end this review with sort of a fun, arbitrary rating that doesn't really mean anything. How do you rate the PlayStation 4? PlayStation 4, from Blake's perspective, was an at least 
an eight out of ten gold chains. Gold chains. All right. Gold chain. Billy, we're switching it up. <laughs> Billy, we're switching to you. All right. So oh, okay. Yeah, let's uh let's switch to your first one. I don't have it in the show notes here. What what did you say? You got board games, right? I got board games, but the first one I actually want to do is go back to my roots with a good old fashioned role playing game. Now Okay. Sometimes in role playing games you usually make up your own story, but there's a lot of great content being put out by Paizo, the people who make Pathfinder for campaign settings and book adventures. And I got a book called Strange Aeons. It's the first of six. Okay. And I really was drawn to it because it's a, it's an old god, almost Cthulhu-esque type of horror genre, but set in a high fantasy society, uh, high fantasy type of setting. So let me ask you: Did they did they utilize the psychology of fear? At all? Absolutely. <laughs> I, well, I think so. Episode, because what, 19 or something? the first thing... Huh? I'm I said, sorry. I said episode 19 or something? Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Like, for just the first little boiler point, no spoilers for any fans who might be interested in reading this or played in it. The first thing they do in this setting is they say your players, they, they start you off with not knowing who you are or where you are, but you have a sense of guilt. You don't know who you are. You don't know, you know the basics of your class and what you are, but you don't know your, 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 your background or your story or your name. And you're set in this setting where it's dark and spooky and you wake up in the floor of a basement, but you have no clue where this floor is or what's going on i'm freaking out already just hearing the description that's creepy and then you find out you're in the middle of an insane asylum that had a riot go on ah and you weren't patients you were something else but you don't know what else you were in the game this is like some shutter island stuff right here seriously mm-hmm put me in the oh, and that's, spoilers that's the thing spoiler alert it. you have I'm sorry. I said spoiler alert for a show for a movie that's years old. Anyway, go on. <laughs> go on. Um, but yeah, that's the idea. You know, I wanted. I mean, like we talked about the idea of the unknown and the unseen in the fear episode. You know, we talked about that in our psychology of fear, right? Right. And that's the first thing they want to give you in that sense, because you can throw fireballs and things around in usually these settings. You know, lightning bolts, fireballs, heal wounds. You you don't have that sense of frailty, lightning but they're bolt. giving you that because it's a sense of the unknown. You don't know which steps to take, who's right or who's wrong. Are, are they doctors or insane patients? Are you one of the insane? What's going on? Well, Billy, let me ask you, how easy or difficult is it to use this? Like, is it is it in line with other Pathfinder modules or... Is it a little bit, does it have a little bit of a learning curve? Well, the thing about it is, is that's the other reason I wanted to bring it up. Unlike this other games where, you know, here's the big bad guy, here's a list of encounters, go. This game gives you a, a little bit more of a difficult learning curve because the first, like, section, if you're running the game as a game master or a storyteller, the first section of this game that they give you is how to give people a sense of rush and fear. Like, you have to get there. You have to do it without being imposing or uh, pushy. Does that make sense? Right. So players can take their time with it. So it's really just kind of difficulty level based on however you want to tackle it. Right. But this one makes it so that you still have to give them the sense of urgency or or agency actually about getting from point a to point b and not just stumbling around you know something in the dark is hunting them something is happening and you need to find out what it is so let me ask you if you were to give this an arbitrary rating what would you give it i would give it four nickar bards out of five oh. mostly just not a five because of the fact 
that it has a difficulty. Okay. That's fair enough. Nick R. the Bard, my old D&D character, making an appearance for the first time on Human Factors Cast. Wait, be the last. have we mentioned him before? I don't know. Anyway, uh, alter ego. I don't ego. think so. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's jump over to me. So first thing, I got my parents the Echo Dot and the Wemo Switch. I'm going to treat this as a combination. So again, I uh, kind of mentioned earlier that the Echo Dot is kind of the um, sort of little sister of Amazon's Echo. It's it's just this. It's just the microphone, so it can hear you say, "I got to be careful because Alexa's in the next room." But it can hear you say, "Alexa, turn off the lights," and it will do so. <laughs> um, so, for people that don't necessarily know what the Amazon Dot is, do you want to give them just a high level breakdown? Sure. It is a uh, it is a device that you place in your home that's always listening, whether you like it or not. That's up to you. <laughs> but- <laughs> It's always listening, but it only it only fulfills commands when you say the trigger word, which is Alexa. Now it can do a variety of things like turn on and off the lights, depending on if you have Wi-Fi lights or uh, if you have uh, Wemo switches, which I'll talk about in just a sec, hooked up to it. Uh, it's it, it can be hooked up to the Internet of Things, and you can leverage it to really power your home with your voice. We talked a little bit about this in the second episode. We were still in our infancy, so... Uh, go easy on us on that episode, but um, <laughs> anyway. So the uh, hey, gonna... nobody has great first or second episodes all the time, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, we're gonna we're gonna move away from that. But <laughs> the uh, the Wemo switch, <laughs> the Wemo switch. Now this is a Wi-Fi plug. You literally just plug it into the wall, and then you plug something else into that. It's kind of like a in uh, an intermediary between whatever appliance you want to control and the uh, the power outlet. So um, think about like old school timers when you'd put the Christmas tree into the timer mm-hmm. and plug that into the wall and it would turn on from like 7 p.m. Uh, until 11 p.m. at night and then it would turn off. It's that same kind of principle except now you have more control. You can do the timer but you can also say, you know, when it's uh, when it rains outside, turn this switch on. When, and you can do all this through setting it up through if this, then that, an internet service that connects all your devices. Uh, so what I did for my parents was I made it so they could turn on and off the lights. They don't have smart lights in their home yet, but they do have a couple, you know, plug-in lights, and so. We plugged it in and hooked them all up to their Wi-Fi, and they can say, Alexa, turn off the lights. And oh, they, that's cool. they can turn off the lights with their voice from the living room. So they they really dug it. Um, so, Nick, how intensive was the setup for that? You know, this is, this is the problem. I had to actually go over there and set it up for them. I don't think they would have had trouble figuring it out on their own, but it's a little cumbersome, and it's something that, uh, you know, unless you're really dedicated... Uh, you can you can probably easily get frustrated with yeah because you're talking about like okay we've got an intermediary that's going in a gfi plug and then i've got to do something on the uh-huh. internet to set settings up now now let me let me let me clarify because i'm talking about the interaction between the two mm-hmm. that was a little cumbersome but if you're just going to set up an amazon echo it's fine it's like you connect to a local wi-fi with the echo and then it searches the wi-fi through your phone it's very easy to set up. And then you can just natively ask it questions like set a timer. Um, you know, what's the ingredients in this recipe? What's the definition of that? How old has Ben Affleck? Like all these things. So you, <laughs> all the things you need to know. All the things you need to know. Uh, did Matt Damon really hey, go to question, Mars? real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, real quick question. <clears throat> I've been to your home, uh, your, mo- your parents' home before. And, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> and I noticed that before that your house is actually wired for sound. Like, there are, like, plate, there are speakers in different rooms of the house, right? Yes. Would you consider that an early form of automation? You know, having different sound in the house and things like that? Oh, definitely. Um, I think, well, <laughs> what you heard was uh, my my dad had set up a uh, light switch that when you turn it on, it turns on a power strip that turns on a radio in the bathroom. And so, so every time you yeah, go yeah, yeah, yeah. to do your business in the bathroom, uh, you hear the radio turn on. Um, and it's like a shower radio too. So uh, that's what you heard. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a very low level of automation. You flip the switch and it's on. 
So technically, you even grew up around ideas of automation and things like that, right? Yep. Born and raised. See, that's interesting. I like that idea, you know? Like, kind of like it kind of comes full circle. Your parents taught you the first little stepping stones of what it means to be automated and connected to the wide world. And then you bring it on around again and you do the same thing for them. That's pretty awesome, dude. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up because we're, we're already tied on time. I can't believe this. Um, so wow, yeah, really? yeah, I know we're almost half an hour in, uh, we might have to go long on this one guys. Woo! Um, so in terms of <laughs> ease and difficulty, it's actually, once you get everything set up, the linking of the two devices, uh, it's actually pretty easy. Uh, let me back up. I just want to make one little point because I can't go without saying this. The reason it's difficult mm. to set up the system is because each one requires an individual app on the phone. And then once you do that, you have to go back into the Alexa app and say, okay, find all the devices that I have set up on my network. And then it'll go and search and then it'll pull it in. And then from there, it's fine. But the you have to set it up twice, and then that can get mm. exponentially bad depending on how many devices you have on the system. Oh, wow. Yeah, that could be so, really crazy. So for someone like me who has everything hooked up through the Internet of Things, it's really tedious to set up. And it's still why the reason I don't have my TV hooked up through my Alexa yet, because... I can have her control my TV. I can have her turn up the volume. I can have her change the channel. I just haven't set it up yet because it's so cumbersome. Oh, wow. So that being said, it is really easy to use once you get it set up. Alexa, turn off the lights. Alexa, turn on the lights. That's what they use it for. They also use it for playing music. You can They they use it for timers. It's They, they mm-hmm. love it, and they're having a great time with it. So my arbitrary rating for this is... Four Alexa turn off the lights out of three Alexa set a timer for five minutes. I can't believe she's not doing those things. I can't believe she's not doing it. She's literally right in the other room and I can't believe I can't believe she's not doing it. All right, Blake, let's come back to you. Okay. All right, what's your next item here? You got an iPhone seven. Yes. What is this? Ooh. It's a mobile phone device. It's a mobile phone device. What is it? Do? Though, very much a multimedia device. You can do right. so much with these phones now. Who calls each other? Freaks anymore. me out. Actually, that's the only reason I have it, which is funny enough. So this this was really hard for me to even want to do because I've just been an Android fan for a long time. Ooh, okay. Let me. I'm I'm gonna ask you about the transition from Android. Okay. You're just making all these changes. Xbox, to PlayStation. I know. He's losing Android. his mind. <laughs> I'm just gonna Some ask you about all these things. Like a, uh, like a gold mine <laughs> transitions. Yeah, so I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, mobile phones, things in text, emails, all those kind of things. But the reason I went or I I got the iPhone is because all my family and homies from back uh, in the South have iPhones. So it just made FaceTiming easier, which I've really started to enjoy in the past couple of months. Great. So how how does Apple compare to Android? So this transition was frustrating for me because one... Like in comparison, phone wise, the expense of an iPhone is a little ridiculous. Like it's, it just doesn't make sense compared to like just the Samsung phones I had been using, even the Samsung Active and stuff like that. So that was a little tough. Uh-huh. And then just booting the phone up and trying to get all my data contacts transferred was a bigger hassle than I really expected it to be. Like I had to download apps huh. on both phones. Um, because of the different timer settings that the iPhone initially comes with, it just like it would shut down and then I have to start the process over. So startup was really frustrating. Um, and then the other thing, there's a lot of different interactions that you, that you use uh-huh. on, your, on an iPhone versus an Android and they almost feel like they're in reverse. So it was just a huge learning curve for me just getting into the phone. You know, just using, <laughs> just using my girlfriend's, iPhone, it's always a frustration when I don't have those hard, I guess they're no longer hard buttons, but the buttons, the back button and the multiple apps button, and I guess you get that through the interaction of the one button, but it's always confusing to me because you use the top left corner to go back in the Apple software. Yeah, that really just does not jive with me. And for the iPhone 7, yeah, for the iPhone 7, it's not so much a hard button anymore, like they used to even for the one button, it's, it's a like a lot of the screen actually depresses. So it's a really weird, you know, I have the same gesture. situation with, uh, with, uh, with the mouse, with the Apple mouse as well. When I'm actually at work, cause we use only Apple products. 
But I, I have a question for you, Blake, about that iPhone. Uh-huh. Um, you have to have, like, an Apple ID, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, that's the interesting thing, too, because if you ever decide to go back to Android, it's going to be really hard to switch everything back over again because everything's registered under that Apple ID. Well, actually, that part of it was not so bad because, I mean, I'm a Mac mm. user when I, like, laptop-wise anyway, so I have an Apple ID, and I was actually able to mm. skip most of that as far as it integrated oh, with okay. iCloud and all that kind of stuff because, I, I mean, I've already I've had an Android for X amount of years. My, like, Gmail pretty much runs all my stuff on my old phones, so I was able to kind of integrate it into the Apple software. I mean, I could get all the apps, but as far as like using some of the defaults and stuff like that, I can't do that. Um, so it's, mm. it, it was kind of painful, but worth the expense just to be able to like see family and all that kind of stuff when I talk to them. Right. So, FaceTime's worth it. Yeah, it's legit. All right. So if you were going to give this a rating, because we already talked a little bit about the difficulty, what would your uh, rating on this guy be? So with the camera and the FaceTime, I'll give it 7 out of 10 gold chains. All right. Dang. You keep using gold chains. You got gold chains. You got to switch it up next time. Billy, what about what, yes. what are we talking next with you? Yes. Uh, uh, the next one I would like to talk about is actually a family game that uh, family really game had a big hit for, for a family me personally. Show. Uh, but not because of how much I enjoyed it, but because how much my fiance Kia enjoyed it. It was a card game called Dixit. The basic premise Whoa, is... Whoa, Billy, that... Billy, Billy, I'm going to stop you there. That does not sound like a family game. Yeah, it sounded like you were sitting on something. Dixit, D-I-X-I-T. Yeah, Dixit. it does not sound like a family game, man. Dixit, <laughs> just saying. It is, you dirty people. This is so, a family show. This is a family show with a family game in it. All right, so Dixit. Go ahead and... Dixit. What does Dixit, Dixit do? <laughs> no. Okay, sorry, sorry. I'm really glad Dixit this wasn't in the show a, notes. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Dixit is a family game that has beautiful artwork on its card. <laughs> and you can... I never realized how dirty it was until you guys actually brought it up now. Oops. <laughs> the game is but called Dixit. D-I-X-I-T. <laughs> yes! That's my point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they did it on purpose. There's, they did. Be. They did. Okay. Family show. Okay. Sorry. All right. You know what? I'm just going to mute my mic over here. Why don't you go ahead and go? Okay, okay, okay. Mike is muted. Mike, so Mike it is has muted. a bunch of different pictures on it, and they're all very abstract pictures of uh, looks like storybook, you know, but it doesn't actually have any words or phrases or meaning on it. Then what happens is is there is another card that has a bunch of words like love or uh, remembrance and things like that, just abstract phrases. And everybody lays down a card, uh, that they feel the picture represents the meaning of the word. Hmm. And the reason why I love this idea of this game and it brought so much joy to me is because my fiance's uh, sister is a big type of board game fan and gamer like myself. However, she's super competitive and super pushy with the competition right she she's a she's a sore loser then if if she does not win i'm a sore player Ooh. she does it in the middle you know what i mean Whoa. she can get tough which is fine for me but it's a little Dixit. intimidating to Dixit. to to kia getting because she doesn't play a lot of games she isn't necessarily a gamer so the you know, joy of having that game was the fact that her and her sister and I could play that game together and it could make them come together because they have an understanding of each other growing up to the point that it, aggression was out of the picture. Does that make sense? Yeah. You, you know what guys, I got a, I got a sidebar really quick. I played the most wonderful game over the holiday break. Have you guys ever played Telestrations? No, no. It's basically like, you know, that old game, telephone yeah, where yeah, yeah. i tell you something blake blake you tell billy something and then billy tells me something and it's something completely different yeah, yeah. imagine that mixed with pictionary so 
Whoa. So imagine there's a fourth person here. We had Woodrow on the show a couple of weeks ago. So I'm just going to use us four as an example. So I, I would get the thing okay. and it would say dog on it, right? And so I would write dog uh-huh. and then I would draw a dog. And then you... Oh, yeah. I've played this before. You, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. Play, Okay. This is awesome. Well, then you would get dog and then you would interpret what my drawing is and you would write it down. And then Billy would look at whatever you wrote. Like, let's say you saw cat. Billy would then draw a cat... And then Woodrow would look at Billy's drawing of the cat and then write what he thinks it is. And then it would come back to me. And then everyone shows each other the evolution of it. Uh, it was a phenomenal oh, game. That's interesting. Yes. It yes. was so much fun. Great party game. A lot of interesting things came out of it. So just as a heads I up, dig your that. I colleagues dig that. play that a lot. And it's really fun to play with them. But what like, I yeah. really do enjoy the fact of these games that don't necessarily put us versus them. More so the idea of us, let's work together. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that's one of them. So, okay, Billy, uh, let me let me uh, ask you then, if you were to arbitrarily rate this sucker, what would you give it? Please say, please I'm going use, to give hang it on, really, really quick, really quick. 10 please. giant mechs out of 10 <sighs> I was going to hope you were going to say. Anybody can play this. It's a beautiful game, and I would suggest it for everybody, and it brings families together. Damn it, Billy. I was really hoping you were going to say 10 giant dixits out of 10. <laughs> out of 10 dixits. I am trying to take this seriously. I am a professional. Okay, player. you're a professional. Let All right. Yeah, well, yeah, we are not professional. No, we are professional. Let's, uh, let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's get away from the dixit jokes. <laughs> dixit. So D I X I T. Dixit. And go ho. All right. <laughs> All right. Oh man. Let's let's switch gears again. So so ten dixits out of ten dixits. Uh, uh here we go. What's up for what's up next for you, Nick? Uh so I got the Star Wars Imperial Comlink Bluetooth communicator. So this is actually something that you see in the movies. Episode four, Luke is um uh, contacting C three PO while they're in the garbage chute. Turn off the garbage chute. Turn, the, turn them all down. Right, I'm misquoting, but uh, anyway, so it's it's a Bluetooth communicator. It's exactly that. So you, uh, it's what is it? Bluetooth communicator. What does it do? It acts as another speaker. Uh, you can actually communicate mm-hmm. through it. It's kind of cool to like talk to people through it on the phone um, because you feel like you're in Star Wars and. Everyone knows I love that. So uh, in terms of setup, this is just like any other Bluetooth device. You uh, turn it on and your your phone looks for it. You connect. It's really painless. Um, how easy or difficult it is to use. It's not difficult at all. You There's actually buttons built in. Um, you turn the uh, the top of this actually to turn it on and it makes a really cool Star Wars-y noise. Hang on. Here we go. Yeah, there we go. There it is. Um Cool, cool, no, cool. and it, it has soft buttons built in for volume control. And oh, there it is. It's connected to my phone now. Hey, now. Uh, next and previous buttons for songs so we can listen to Star Wars music through it. Oh, what? As That's well awesome. as a hang up button in case I no longer want to talk to you because you are not closing down the trash compactors on detention level. <laughs> <laughs> one, one, three, eight. Uh, so, no, I, I think it's really cool. It's a. Um, it's more of a prop for me personally, uh, but I love it. It's fantastic. I've barely used it, but that's because I am. Hmm. I, I mean, just need to make more I, Bluetooth calls, man. Yeah, I, 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 who calls each other on their phone anymore? That's the reason. Anyway, if I could, <laughs> if I could podcast through this thing, I would. Blake, let's go back to you. Your last item here was the Canon Rebel T6. Oh yeah. So this is this is near and dear to my heart. So this, this is, is just. Uh, this is an expensive camera. Yeah. It's, it, well, it wasn't too bad based on like Black Friday sales. If, if someone stuff. stole this from you on the street, you would oh, be upset. Oh, I'd be pissed. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't if even bring it to the studio. If someone stole anything from you on the street, I think you would be upset. I don't know. So I took my beard comb. I probably wouldn't be too mad. I might laugh at them, especially if it didn't have a beard. <laughs> Give me the beard comb. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. So it's just a... Uh, it's just a basic cam. <laughs> Sorry. I'll put it next to my copy of the Dixit I stole from Billy down the street. <laughs> that didn't sound like Dixit. <laughs> Give me the Dixit. Oh, man. <laughs> we have fun oh, here. Oh, we are 12 years old. All right, yep. go ahead. Okay. All right, so it's just a basic uh, DSLR camera, and it also came with an onboard mic. So oh, that, that's cool. That was really cool. So you can shoot video or pictures with this thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I mainly got it for oh, the cool, video cool. aspect of it, but um, 
actually with my girlfriend, she likes to hike a lot. And so I've been taking the camera to just like take pictures and it's been fun to jump back into that. Um, so on the, what does it do front really just captures video as well as pictures, but can also take in pretty good quality sound. It's not too bad. So let me ask you, Blake, you're, you're actually, you actually got this for a reason. Do you want to give our listeners a little tease or are we still keeping that under wraps? Oh, we're going to keep it under wraps until I drop it. All right. Well, we'll tease them with saying that Blake got this for a reason. How about that? Yes. He's filming himself a cooking show. Oh, you gave him way more than I was going to give him. All right. Keep keep going on. (laughs) So set up, it was, uh, I mean, I don't know. This is kind of unfair to ask me, but I think for anybody really it's easy, but I've been playing with cameras since I was in high school. Um, so it was, it was pretty simple. I mean, it's three parts and not even really, I mean, it's the camera body lens, stick it in, screw it in. It's fine. Um, Mm -hmm. and then you can just plug in the onboard mic, which was really simple. I mean, it came with a mount already for it to screw it in on the top. So super simple, no big deal. And actually the best part was setup wise, and this usually doesn't happen is, my battery is already charged and ready to go. So I shot 30 oh, wow. minutes of footage like the there day I go. got it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So so uh, let me ask you, do not use gold chains or Dixits. Those no have Dixits? been used. <laughs> uh, or Max, I think, was Billy's original one. For was that, that the uh, Mech one? Yeah. <laughs> Don't Heck use Max. Yeah, what are we looking at here? Oh, man, I really want to do something funny, but I think I'm going to screw it up. It'll be funny. I can't remember. The, <laughs> I can't remember the name of it, so I'm gonna do something else. Uh, man, this this is something I really wanted to get for a while, so it's gonna get a nine out of ten. Cheese balls, cheese balls, excellent. Did I rate this thing? Did I rate the comlink? No, you didn't. Okay, it was just too oh, epic for you to rate. I, I yeah, said. there's no All arbitrary right. rating. No, I do have an arbitrary rating for it. It is uh, five C3POs out of two R2D2s. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> All right, Billy. Round three. Yeah. What do you got for us? All right. The last thing I actually have was really kind of um it was just kind of a thing for me. Um I got me and I also got Blake a copy of Seven Days to Die for the PS4. Now, well, seven, because I knew he got a PS4. Seven Days to Die. Now this is a this is a video game. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do you want to go into a little bit more detail about what it entails? This game is really interesting because it, on the surface, it's just another zombie survival game, right? And you know those are the ever-present things. But this game is very much has a Minecraft element to it, and the game is more about the idea of surviving in a post-apocalyptic world. So Minecraft, than the idea of surviving zombies. Does so, that make sense? So really quick, Minecraft to me means building stuff. So you uh-huh. can, you can build stuff in this game. You could build uh you could build weapons, armor, buildings, cars, uh a lot of different things in this game. You could build a lot, a lot in this game. Um I haven't even figured out all the things you can build in it. But yeah, it's very Minecraft-esque in that sense. So how easy or difficult is it to play? Well, the idea, when you start out the game, it gives you a lot of descriptors of recipes and things to do. But a lot of it has to be like a will to want to explore and try things, I guess, is the best way to describe it. It gives you the basics to be able to survive. Like college. It tells you how to make clothes. It tells you how to make weapons and tools. And it tells you how to repair a house. It tells you all those things. All the life skills you ever but what it So huh? wait, you're telling me this game teaches me how to do plumbing? Yes. It will tell you how to do a lot of the things you're talking about, like irrigation, plumbing, farming, cropping. It takes you through tutorials that will tell you these things. And you're what killing it zombies? What doesn't tell you is what's out in the world. So oh. it kind of gives you that air of mystery. Like, there are different types of creatures and zombies. There are different types of just giant bugs, like Fallout type of thing. And then, of course, there's also... Uh, supply drops, airdrops, different types of buildings and things like that. And these buildings will help you survive in this world if you go to the right ones. Like, of course, the obvious one is like a hospital. We'll have a lot of medical supplies. 
a bookstore. We'll have a lot of blueprints on how to make certain items or survive in the wasteland type of thing. That's really cool. So if you were to give this an arbitrary rating. I'm going to give this a four arg out of five. <laughs> because, and I'm not going to give it the five just because, um, like, uh, you have to want to actually kind of build your own narrative to be able to play it properly. Like, you know, build your own objectives and goals. And then on the other side of it, it's not pretty. It looks like PS3 or PS2 graphics comparatively to PS4. But then again, Minecraft isn't a pretty-looking game either. True. Well, as we know from virtual reality studies, fidelity isn't everything. Okay. True, true, true. What do you got, Nick? Oh, I'm holding it right now. I'm very excited about this thing. So this, uh, wow, this is really poor presentation for a uh, audio-based podcast. It's all right. Just describe Which, it. It's all you know right. what? We do we, we do, do uh, Facebook Lives every now and then. We did one the other day for the Star Wars um, Human Cyborg Relations episode. About half of it up. Yep. Just to, you know. Anyway, so uh, this here that I'm holding is the Bowflex Adjustable Dumbbell Set. Uh, and it basically oh, someone's gonna get ripped. Getting ripped. Basically, it is a dumbbell that contains, I guess, five discs on either side. And um, on uh, at the very ends, you have these dials in which you can sort of adjust the weight. And then um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's essentially like buying an entire set of dumbbells for one price and in one. Uh, sort of unit so you don't have to litter your house with them um and it's a dumbbell so that's what it does uh you you do like normal exercising stuff with a dumbbell Um, exercising (laughs) setup was uh setup was really easy it just comes like uh like it normally is and if you want to talk about setup in terms of adjusting it's also really easy you just turn the dial on both sides once it's in its dock it has a little dock so you you place it down uh you turn the dials to whatever weight that you want um and then you pull it out and you're ready to go it's uh it's really nice really easy to use um i will say sometimes it gets stuck in there uh and um you know it, it you gotta put it in kind of just at the right angle for it to sort of yeah uh, yeah you know, family show man uh dicks it <laughs> You got to, is that like Brexit? Like, yep. Dicks it. Dicks it. The one thing dicks I will it. say about that thing is it's uh it's probably a really great safety wise. Like instead of having to put plates on and off and you've got cats running around here too. Yeah. Like it's, I don't know. It's a, a cat guy. it's a sick design. Well, I have a question about these dumbbells. Yeah. Did they give you any, um, Hey man, like me and Blake have feelings. Either. We do. <laughs> Did you give us? That was a slow roller. That that took a sec. All right. Anyway, you you have questions about these dumbbells? Me and Blake. Yeah. Did they give you any uh, insight into uh, what's the word? Uh, Proper use, like you know, not going too much over your weight or things like that, or none whatsoever. Things like that. Did they really that? None. No, they give no safety instructions when you have them, other than know your limits. Uh, And you know, a lot of weightlifting is know your limits and know how to do proper form, and that's something that you look up on YouTube videos or get a personal trainer to help you out with. yeah, they the uh, and I, I wouldn't expect them to because people who are buying this sort of thing are probably a little bit more into uh, lifting than others uh, that would buy this. So, yeah, but one thing I am going to say, I mean, we talked a little bit before the show about like not to get too deep, but the, it, like an incline press and it almost messing the form up a little bit. So that's a little odd. Yeah, you have to adjust. A, you have to make certain adjustments. So so what Blake's talking about is um, this dumbbell. So whether you're at uh, five pounds or 52.5 pounds, which is as high as this set goes, there are sets that go up to 90. Not quite there yet. Wow. Um, yeah, in terms of, uh, you know, Adjusting so whether it's five pounds or fifty two point five pounds, it's the same length across both of them. So mm-hmm. it's just a different weight. Hmm. So so you know if you're doing like 
um, stretches with five pounders, you're you're gonna still have the entire length that you would have had otherwise. So you you just kind of got to adjust your posture to accommodate for that. That's it's a small drawback, um, not a major one though. Yeah, but they don't tell you about that sort of stuff. I think that's a. I mean, Bowflex seems like the type of people that would actually be a lot of people's uh, entrance into fitness and weightlifting like that. Maybe. I would think they would at least include something. You know, they probably, or I know they do, because I remember I had a Bowflex machine at one point, and they definitely like make a lot of money off of their videos and stuff like that. So Yeah, they probably do have mm. some videos or a companion app or something. Um, for this one, since this one goes up to 52.5 pounds, I'm going to give it 52.5 dude bros out of 90. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's got to be it for today. We covered all of our tech goodies in just the amount of time that we needed to. If you guys want to be featured on our show, we're all over that social media. Go ahead and comment on our SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter, We're all over the place. Send us an email at humanfactorscast at gmail.com with all your questions and coming up soon, all of your news stories. Uh, If you think think there's something we should cover, please let us know. Um, If you have questions, send it to us too. You can get to the front of our question line by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash humanfactorscast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and review us on iTunes. Please make those reviews good. Uh, We're on the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, whatever your favorite podcast directory is. We're always trying to keep in touch with interesting topics that you guys want to hear about on the show, so please suggest those to us. Blake, where can our listeners find you? Oh, they can find me at UX Chill Bro. On Twitter. As always, thanks to Billy Hall. Where can they find you? You can find me streaming on YouTube at Comstar Cleric and also on Twitter at Comstar Cleric. As for me, I've been your host, Nick Rome. You can find me on LinkedIn or Twitter at Nick underscore Rome. Thanks again for tuning in to Human Factors Cast. Until next week, it depends. It, it depends. depends. It depends. Ah. Spacecraft, railway locomotives, nuclear submarines, healthcare, jet aircraft, these are all examples of highly technical systems and organisations, and all have one particular thing in common. They all involve humans. Humans who want to do amazing things and are using technology to achieve them. They all have something else in common. They have amazing people ensuring that the users who are involved can do what they need to do, are safe when they do so, and have the optimum user experience. These people are Human Factors practitioners, and on 1202, the Human Factors podcast, they talk to me, Barry Kirby, about what they do, sharing their career paths, highlighting their ideas and best practices, and fundamentally raising awareness of our discipline. Find us on 1202podcast.com, on social media, and on your favourite podcast directory, because it's more than just common sense.